I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is good. I'm just that sad. Is sad. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is Dick Lee bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha Packs, exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. So for this episode, um, we did we have interviewed Pony Express uh, once before, but it was the first episode. He was really young in his leadership. He did not have a baby. He he. I don't even think you were a psyche when we started this thing. Um, I was not. And so um, I think I think it's time to do another interview and see if there's there's been any growth. I mean, he hadn't read Free to Lead yet uh there's so many key milestones have occurred so pony i uh no you're up brother. i appreciate the opportunity to, to to be back on it's funny we were at a, a bible study last night and the master plague hey you know we've got a podcast tomorrow who's on he said i think it's time to revisit you and you know i had i had thoughts about that first that first interview which was uh, Plague just randomly calling me and said, hey, you got 30 minutes to chat real quick. And I said, sure, he probably needs some of my stage wisdom and starts peppering me with questions straight from pre-delete, like what's my daffodil and my dolphin? And I've never heard of those concepts before and it was completely done on the phone and on the fly. And, um, you know, and then over the past year and a half, uh, we've had, how many have we done so far? How many guests have we had? 85 86 yeah 80 85 including some of some of the ogs from omaha right the origin stories the the redwoods and then kind of expanding into other other leadership roles here former psyches and then uh you know the the true true ogs had an opportunity to kind of come on um dread and dark helmet that was really cool and you know thinking about that and all the people that that we've had on and all the stories we heard i almost feel unworthy of <laughs> kind of being back in because it's just you hear all these great stories and it's what what could you possibly add to, to, to what we've heard so extremely grateful and humbled for the opportunity to spend some time talking to you yeah well and just you know i think just as a as a refresher um remind us again kind of uh first workout i think i know all the details here but just for guys that maybe don't know first workout and um kind of the, the naming uh how did we land on pony express yeah yeah so um happy to share this story again because uh it's funny I, i've made a joke in my my recent queue that i led that i i had not been working out very much and it, it's it's evident and the guys that I meet out there, you know, we've grown so much over the past three years that I've been here. I'm meeting guys that I don't know and they don't know me from the workout. They know me from the podcast. Like, hey man, nice, <laughs> nice put a, a, a kind of face to the name and to the voice. And not that this podcast is legendary by any means, but right. uh, just the fact that they haven't seen me on the gym. So happy to share this piece to give you some insight. Um, production quality has gone up too. So I'm excited for that aspect of it. Uh, first workout, uh, you know, a, a former or an, an active, formerly active guy I used to work with here, Hong Kong, um, 
Um, we worked together here at a trucking company. He, he knows I was working on independently at the gym, kind of just lifting weights, following some type of regimen that I thought was going to get me big and strong and uh, make my wife like me extra, extra more. Um, he kind of asked me out, challenged me, said, uh, you know, I, I've been going to this workout group and it's, it's pretty tough. I don't, I don't know if you can handle it. And I was like, oh man, that was, that was pretty much a hook. Um, but I think I had some, some natural hesitation and I think Noto's actually kind of described it really well in that when West or Hong Kong was talking to me about this group of guys that work out and they count cadence and got names for each other and they, they've got weird names for all these exercises um, that it sounded corny to me. Uh, and that's how Noto's described it. And um, I remember the first time he asked me, I, I flaked on him. Um, and I don't think it was intentionally, like I didn't intentionally miss it, but maybe some subconscious part of me was like, it's not that important to me. It's kind of a corny thing, and so I didn't show up. Um, then I, he caught me at work, made me feel bad. Uh, you know, that little emotional headlock put you in um, some accountability. I show up to the next workout, which happens to be Futurama uh, on a Thursday, which is in Memorial Park. Uh, and about 12 houses down from, that, that location so I really didn't have an excuse not to go um, when I showed up you know immediately greeted uh, by a, a group of guys I had never met in my life um, with open arms which was really unique and I think kind of even fueled this corniness aspect because to me it didn't feel like that type of warm welcome could actually be genuine mm. um, it had to be more of a you know we want to make sure that this i don't know it just it didn't feel fake it just i had this already preconceived notion of how how corny and weird this may be and i think i was just a little caught off guard that that guys would be this friendly um and it probably wasn't until the the next few workouts that, that guys continued to be friendly that i realized that it wasn't just some facade they were putting on and they were genuinely happy to see me but then when the new guy showed up too they were just as happy as they were to see me that first time which was cool um first workout uh trademark was on the queue uh pretty pretty tough beat down from what i remember i think we were um starting at the top of the memorial and running actually all the way down to dodge into some some form of a, a three-man grander and mm. uh you know, I in my weightlifting days, I was not doing any cardio or it wasn't a priority. And so I got absolutely smoked. Um, you know, I think at one point I actually, uh, for the end of the workout, I was running back up the hill. And I just remember thinking, I don't know these guys anything. I don't know them and I want to quit. So I'm just going to start walking up this hill. And the moment I had that thought, and I think this is like really cool, the moment I had that thought, um, I want to say it was Ms. Foster. Someone just came up, slapped me on the ass, and said, "Hey, man, let's get it in gear." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, sounds good. Let's <laughs> go." And you know, five minutes later, someone called Omaha, and it just—it really was encouraging to have someone there that didn't know me. Um, you know, I was on the verge of quitting, and it almost was like God or SkyQ or whoever just giving me that little nudge in the form of someone just encouraging me or pushing me along to, to get me to finish it. Um, not 
knowing at the time that I was the famed six, right? Mm-hmm. right? At the time, you're like, God, I'm at the end. I'm, these guys are just going to leave me in the dust. People are laughing at me. And then you get a guy that's coming to pick you up. Say, hey, man, let's do it. Really sweet. So that was a workout. Um, you know, name around a typical um, odd, odd, odd feeling of going into a circle and telling, I don't know, I'm going to say that, like 25 guys there about who you are, who brought you out, where you come from. I don't, I think it's so hard on a dime to to tell people what you think is interesting about yourself, Mm. Um, especially if you don't like have a good sense of um, like your concentrica or your values or who you are, because then you'll just go on a tangent of what you think people want to hear, right? Yeah. Yeah. Throughout, hey, I'm I'm an attorney and I like to work out and I played college soccer and all stuff that I thought people would care about. Uh, and like, ah, yeah, they didn't really throw anything out. Of it. Like, that's, I think it's because of like, well, yeah, we hear that from everybody their first time. <laughs> like, what yeah. is the true, what is the true essence of who you are? And someone asked like, well, you know, you're an attorney, where do you work for? I'm like, oh, you know, our company hauls mail for the postal service. And I want to say it was Ponzi or something. And I yelled out Pony Express. And it was like immediate, you know, there had been some other ones talked out early on, but as soon as someone said Pony Express trademark, I was like, that's it. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, what do you, what do you do with that? You don't really, you don't really know what it, that name is. And you're like, well, I don't even guarantee I'm coming back. So I guess it's whatever. They can call me whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of how you got, the, or how I got the name and that first workout. And I'm curious to kind of, hear how i described it in the first podcast and yeah, <laughs> go. the the stories align yeah so, no i i love it. it and it is cool just hearing um hearing those stories again you know i i'm curious you know something that you always uh ask our our guests on the show but where were you at before i mean what you know do you think was there anything going on in life that maybe was you know motivator or, or maybe even subconsciously that uh piqued your interest with a group like this? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the the call to action or the challenge from Hong Kong, I, I think had something to do with it. I think, um, you know, men like to be challenged. They don't like to be told they're not good at things and that you can be easily defeated by something that seems simple. Um, and so that had something to do with it. I think, I maybe the bigger hole that I didn't realize was there is that I had just moved to Omaha with my wife. Um, we had gotten married in May um, of the year prior. Um, in August, we moved to Omaha. Uh, and during that year before I came out, I had made very few friends. Like I had work friends, right? You know, mm-hmm. we, we go into the street that we, you know, I had my my legacy friends and that were not here in Omaha. They were, they were in parts of the country. My wife had some work friends and I became friends with her husband. I had my own work friends, but they weren't like true friendships. And so when Wes asked me, um, we had become work friends and I, maybe there was a part of me that kind of wanted to deepen that to where it was more than just, Hey, we know each other at work. We say hi and bye and we've grabbed beers a couple of times. Um, and so 
that's kind of where I was and that's I think why I kind of accepted the call to action um, looking back after three years that's probably what it was not so much the, the challenge of it but that's probably the opportunity to, to get and meet some new guys yeah no I yeah I, you know it's interesting right there's obviously stuff going on that maybe we don't fully understand even you know I one of the things um and I'm not sure just kind of the kind of timeline of events but I know it feels like around the same time you guys were also looking for like a new church home maybe or did that come after you joined f3 then then you got involved yeah so that that, that is interesting and I, I love that story too um we, when we moved we um were looking um but that kind of just like everything else, you come up and you negotiate with yourself and you have all these excuses of, of yeah, we're not making the priority right now. You know, like we've got all these other things. We're, um, and so that had happened. When, but then when I started becoming more active in, in that three and, and really meeting the guys and started participating in some Bible studies and just, you know, I think you and I had conversations about, uh, you know, I've got interest in doing a Bible study. Actually, I think I addressed Tater Tot. I said, hey, you know, I'd be interested in getting connected. He's like, well, Plague's your guy. <laughs> and so he's like, you know, we've talked about doing something like that, but, you know, Plague's a really good reference. And um, and I I was a little intimidated to talk to you um, at first. I, I think I remember, I think some guys come in and they think that it's kind of clicky, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it's really easy to, to see the friendships that are made and you kind of you come in and one of our guests have said this you feel like everyone's already best friends right um and so when i came in i i felt that you had your relationships and so um i think a, a guy had started a guy by the name of chicklets had started around the same time i did um and khakis had kind of like you know been someone that i looked up to and he was one of the first few to reach out to and, and he had kind of brought chicklets in and so we had that connection and um i got to know chicklets and i i really respected him and i just told him hey like i'm i'm looking right now for a church and just curious if you have recommendations and at which point he said yeah man i'm you know my wife and i attend this church um we'd love to have you and so that next Sunday, we, we met them, and I love this story because, you know, we're going to introduce our, our M's to each other, our wives, and we look at each other and we're like, hey, what's your real name? <laughs> like, I know you, like, hey, Paige, this is, uh, what's your real name? Uh, I call him Chicklets, and he's like, oh, it's Cody. And, uh, yeah, I love that story, and we've, we've been a part of the church, and we found a gospel community, which, you know, you and I, I'm, I'm proud to say that you and I are a part of, and we got to know each other more through that as well. And, you know, I think during COVID, we had the opportunity to kind of kick off some Bible studies, which has kind of turned into book studies as well. And we've expanded on aspects of faith and just um, giving guys other opportunities to, to to see what they're interested in. So, yeah, kind of my little journey there. No, it's it's so cool just to think of how you know just all the different things right that just you know getting involved with a group of guys opens up for you and, and your family i am curious and so i i think so it sounds like maybe before you got to that point with your relationship with chicklets there were you were there other steps so like what was it coffee i mean most guys tell us that it's coffee but you know what what do you think it was that kind of got you to the point where you were comfortable to 
open up about like hey you know my family church yeah. yeah i mean i don't it definitely wasn't the, the first cafeteria or anything and you know i'm always so impressed by the guys that can come in and be post immediately um, and be vulnerable that's what it is right you're just you're just being vulnerable um and for whatever reason um i actually had a tough time doing that um and i even think about our conversations on the podcast over the year and a half i just you know you think about how you want to present yourself to people and the things you say and what you don't say um and so i enjoy coffee um i probably posted three or four times before i went to the cafeteria the cafeteria was great um the workouts were great i was uh, accelerating in the fitness aspect, not so much in the second half piece or the third half. Um, and I would say it probably took 10 to 15 cafeterias before I'm like, okay, I trust these guys enough to even give them a little bit of semblance of who I am. Hmm. So yeah, mad respect to the, the to the people that can come in there and just, you know, they're open. Hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is why I like the groove. Here's who I am. Because being that vulnerable, you're opening yourself up to rejection, right? And that's why people hold back. And that's why I hold back. And I wanted people to think I was cool. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so silly. Yeah, I well, and I, you mentioned specifically you were intimidated by me. I'm sure just the size of my biceps and the number of burpees probably. No, I don't. You know, it's funny. I um, just thinking about where, where I was, I... I was really early probably in my recovery journey and and was learning how to enjoy life without substances, you know? And so like, I I think I presented a lot of times as, as just like an angry, like really high energy, but also really angry guy. I don't, I don't know, but what I, I wonder, is there maybe just, so maybe it's more just intimidation with, with the group in general. And is that stem from, I mean, fear of rejection, does that stem from some rejection somewhere in life or? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, just one one point I want to hit on what you just said. I, I do think it's important that, you know, what we miss, especially the new guys that come in, you don't, we're, we're the guys that come in and, and the guys that are kind of, of viewing them. You don't know what phase of life these people are in, right? Like I had this, this misconception about you and your attitudes and stuff like this when you could have been going through a much harder struggle than I was at the time. Hmm. you needed you needed it more than i or you know you needed me more than i thought you did um, yeah so that's I, I think it's an important thing to, to highlight there uh yeah i mean i think what has been so great about our relationship plague is that you and i share a similar upbringing uh you know and somewhat of a disjointed household my parents are divorced um my father is is someone who uh dabbled pretty successfully in, in, in drugs and alcohol. Um, so, you know, I think you shared last night, hey, my, my dad was the guy that kind of partied with me in high school. Mm-hmm. Well, I wish my dad partied with me in high school. He was <laughs> he was too busy hanging out with his other friends that partied. Um, and so I think that's kind of where that, that sense of fear and, and, and wanting of acceptance comes from is hmm. you know, I've grown up my whole life of, of wanting and I've I've attached myself uh, to to father figure role models like so what's so appealing about people like khakis, wait time, 
um, particular to people, uh, Bandelay, people that take an interest in the young individual who seem to have their lives together. Um, I think that's why I kind of had a tendency to, to gravitate towards people like that. But yeah, I mean, that's probably where it stems from, I guess. I guess. Yeah. No, it's awesome. And I, I, I think I'm right there with you. I mean, I think kind of this concept of a father and, you know, or just, just like a, a masculine man, right. A guy, you know, like, and that's, I think what we're trying to build with F3, right. It's just more, more men that, that are comfortable in who they are and can lead their families and, and communities really well. Um, I wanted to pick your brain on the, the Bible studies. Cause you know, Greek freak, um, started those and you know I, I know you you led a q source discussion yesterday and you know so talk to me about how i mean how did you find yourself kind of getting involved in those things and then what's been your experience with the value of participating in those yeah um great question um shout out to greek creek for sure miss him um yeah experiences you know i was kind of in a, in a in a place where I was looking for church. We had just joined the Church of Chicklets. So I was kind of all in there. Um, come to find out that uh, we'd be in a DC, you and me, um, Greek Week was actually in a, that Bible study as well, a small group uh, for our church. And, you know, it was at a weird time where COVID hit, hmm. uh, where, you know, we're having these conversations about doing the Bible study, but nothing really formally happened until COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember uh, during COVID, no one seeing each other. We're having these really, really small, um, very legal beatdowns. Um, but there wasn't a really much of an opportunity for second F, and certainly not third F. Um, and I, I, I credit you in, in Greek and women law. And Reba, I, I don't really know who was the mastermind of, hey, you guys want to jump on a Zoom call and kind of go through the word. And, you know, I was just one of those guys who was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. It, mm-hmm. it, it certainly wasn't my idea by any means. But, um, yeah, I mean, just the awkward Zoom call of, you know, we start comparing reading the passage and people are talking over each other and interrupting each other to, to kind of just get their perspective out there. Um, you know, I think I mentioned um, it kind of grew into something else, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is just so cool. Um, you know, it, it, just like everything in F3, what we've done from expansions to foundations, to everything else we're doing, this concept of a Bible thing just blew up, right? It, it was Zoom, then we could meet. Then, okay, we've got an actual place to meet now. And guys started showing up. Then, you know, someone says, hey, what if we do some guided prayer? What if we what if we read some material that kind of puts us on some type of direction instead of just reading random passages? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that grew and that blew up. And then, you know, then we started offering it before the beatdown. And um, it, the experiences have been great. To, to see it grow and become what it is, that's just the nature of things we've been through, which is, which, which is cool. You expect those things to happen. Um, I guess the beautiful part of it is, is the opportunity to, one, for me as a young guy, I think I joined at 27, hear 50-year-old men give me some perspective. And mm-hmm. Maybe I can take one little nugget from you, from Greek, from Reba, from whomever it is, 
they've dealt with and it can help me kind of deal with whatever I've got going on. I think um, what is missed in a pre-run or at a normal beatdown is it's very difficult to get to know someone, um, especially if you're smoked, right? If you're yeah. smoked, <laughs> yeah. after pre-run or something, it's just like the last thing you want to do is just talk. Um, yeah. So in a, in, in a COT too, right? You get a 30 minute, 30 seconds or a minute statement about how a guy's feeling. And it's usually words of encouragement um, to guys. Some guys really do open up about what they're going through. Um, and we ask for thoughts and prayers before we kind of close out, but it, it takes some courage and who you are and, and your relationship to actually voice those, right? Be vulnerable. And, um, and often they're just blurps. They're not, they're not, you don't really know what's going on with those guys. Right. They say, hey, I need something. My, my family's going through this, and that's all you get. So these cafeterias, the Bible studies for sure, the book studies are just great opportunities to meet and know a guy at a much deeper level. Um, so I'm, I'm a huge proponent of those things. Uh, key source, yes, first time to lead, very similar to the book studies and the Bible studies. It's Hey, we're going through the key source, which is great material, and it's I like how it's kind of Socratic or popcorn method, where you know you're you're leading with a question, and then you just get all these different perspectives that lead to who knows where, mm-hmm. um, which which I just think is 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 hugely valuable for um, a guy like me who's young who's trying to navigate um, one being a young professional when I joined, and being a husband, and then now being a father. And, as I kind of go through this cycle of life here. Yeah, man, I, I love that. And there's so much to unpack. You know, for me, one of the things about both like QSource and the book study, right, is it's, it takes some guys, like I'm thinking like samples and chiclets and Wentworth and, you know, grills and, um, you know, Sister Act, I think was there the other day when I went. Uh, um, da Vinci is going to those now. And um, what's really cool is like, like you're reading a book and there's a topic, right? A chapter that you're reading and guys are sharing, like, I don't know, I, I read this section of the book and this is what I thought, and this is what's difficult for me, but there's not, there's no like prescription of, uh, of, you know, we're reading this book and you have to now behave this way because of what the book says, right? It's just like guys sharing life and their, their perspectives. And, you know, I, I wish somehow more guys would, would join because I think you know there's so many guys in F3 with unique perspectives and life experiences. But um, I'm so thankful for the guys that have been involved in that. I know for me, going navigating through, you know, I don't know. I felt like there were times I would show up and it would be like a, you know, everybody else was my therapist because I, you know, whatever I was going through. Um, but it's also very similar to like a, a 12 step, like an AA meeting. Right. And, you know, so I think, um, just really, really cool to have that. I, I am curious, you know, um, kind of navigating maybe more into some third F stuff from, from your perspective, like, uh, how, you know, I mean, cause you, I think what's so cool is like you came in, be, you know, just early in your marriage. So trying to figure that out. And then you also have like had a, had a child. So how have you, do you feel like you've been able to apply some of that wisdom from, from different folks or how has, has some of those conversations helped um, with maybe your faith or your marriage or being a father? Um, you know, 
Great question. I think one concept that we typically come back to, especially you and I, is that uh, the importance of, of all of this is you are not first, right? Mm-hmm. Believing in something else. And I love the statement that you make. It could, it could be a rock. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you, <laughs> as long as you don't think it's you that's that's kind of causing all this to happen, and mm-hmm. you're at the center of it all. Um, you're kind of heading in the right direction. Um, so I think that is something that as a young man coming into the group i i struggled with i was 27 i just got out of law school i wanted to be the man and make all the money and make my wife proud and my family proud and make my peers respect me and Mm -hmm. recognize me um and then when you join this group it's just the eclectic mix of people right you've got ceos COOs, electricians you know dentists you know, uh, Jake from State Farm khakis, yeah, and swinging insurance. Um, and they're just all it just there is no, no, I want to, I want to make sure I'm phrasing this the right way. There is no semblance of, of, of arrogance, mm-hmm. the guys, especially guys that have been in. And I think the new guys like me that come in want to be cool they want people to like them so they tell certain stories but then the guys that have really come and, and learned something from the group it just to me probably the biggest group of the most humble people that you, you can have mm. um and so that was that was really eye-opening um to me you know I've learned so much from the cafeterias just clips from guys about how to be a better husband um, how to be a better father. We're in this interesting stage in our life where our kids have turned one and we're starting to think, okay, we kept them alive for a year, but now how do you really parent? Right? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's starting to learn. He's, he's, he's absorbing what he hears and what he sees. And it's, at this point is the first time probably, and Paige and I talked about this last time, what's weighing on our heart is how do we parent? You know, what is it that we're exhibiting to him that he's going to latch on to? And how can we eliminate all of the negative things that we possibly can? Hmm. And, you know, I think, um, I think you and other people, and just everyone in the group gives a great reminder that to give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. I've heard that a lot from other people. Anytime you're struggling with people, it's like, well, learn to give yourself some grace. And then I really just kind of look back and say, okay, what, how do I, how do I think uh, samples would handle this? Mm-hmm. How do, I mean, what has he said to me when he's dealt with this particular circumstance? And I think that's the beauty of all these different extracurriculars that F3 provides is that it's, you know, it's always unsolicited advice that you're getting, but it's always coming from the best place. Yeah. It's, it's coming from guys that you respect. And so, um, it's it's a it's a melting pot of perspectives. I think is a is a good way to put it. Yeah. Well, and just realizing. I think just realizing too, like what I think is so cool because you have this group you could stay connected to for your your whole life, right? And that's what like Friedley talks about the flux. So like. I don't have to, you know, sit down with a guy and ask him, you know, every stage of his life. I can just come to the group when I'm going through something and I can say, 
this is hard for me right now. And, and there will be somebody that will have gone through it or have something to say. And that's been, I think the most, most valuable, um, for me, because I, you know, it's hard to predict what you're going to be going through and, and when, you know, and I, I think for me, um, the most helpful thing that another guy can say is, is like, me too, you know, like, that's hard for me too. Like, I remember when Mary was, was first born and like, I, whatever it is, I just struggle, like, cause I'm selfish and newborn babies are selfish. And like, <laughs> and so I just struggle with that. And I remember a few guys saying me too, and here's maybe some things you can do to, to help. But, um, you know, I, I am curious too, cause I, I do see you, really dive it like leading your family. And I, I feel like, you know, we talked to Bovine last time um, and he, his approach, like as he was getting married, having kids, he like got more engaged and became a site cue and you maybe took a different or, or like just opposite approach, but I'm curious how, how's it going and what are you learning and what, um, you know, I don't know. What's, yeah. what's in that? Um, that I actually really, I really enjoyed that from both lines because you do get the different perspectives. And, and you know, I, I thought about that. Um, you know, I, I jokingly said in my COT, I posted four times in 2023. I posted way more than that, just so everybody knows. But <laughs> that's what it felt like um, from going, you know, three to four days a week to, to posting maybe once every two weeks, every three weeks was a huge change for me. And it wasn't. You know, we we talked about the flocks, right? We we talked about you know at a certain point around year three or whatever it is, the enthusiasm for the group it just naturally dies down, right? Mm. And that's the whole point of this podcast was, hey, how do we keep guys engaged? Um, I would say that my decision to kind of slow down wasn't done because of a lack of enthusiasm. It was put more focus on my family. Mm-hmm. Um, what what happened was I was um, right around 12 weeks when, when my wife was going back to work. She was really having an emotional experience and I was downplaying it. I, uh, I remember thinking like, well, what's, what's the big deal? You know, like I do this all the time. I, you know, I go to work and then I'd see my kid after work. And then she asked me, she said, well, I'm, or she said, I'm staying home right now and I'm having to completely transition my life to where I'm giving up valuable hours with my kid. And I said, okay, what are you saying? Well, then she asked me, how many hours do you see our kid in a day? I'm like, oh, you know, after I get up, I work out and I get back in time for about 30 minutes to see him, uh, then take him to school and then I'm home by five and he goes to bed at seven so i get about two and a half hours of, of time in with my kid not on the weekends and i think at that moment i kind of had a realization of okay i need to i need to change some things um i had hobbies but um i was willing to give up i gave up some of those i no longer practice jujitsu or anything like that my three hours are spent at home and i will tell you that they're the best hours of my day mm-hmm. It's it's corny, but you like the best part of my day is coming home and like watching him like just hang out, crap his pants, learn to walk, whatever he, whatever he's doing. It's like the best part. Yeah. Um. And so, you know, do I do I miss seeing guys out there? Absolutely. Um. Do 
know, we're in a different stage now where I can see my participation in a pick. I'm, I commend Bovine for really taking on a leadership role as, as bringing the kid. I don't know how he did it. Mm. Um, so mad respect for, for that guy. And um, I think I try and keep in mind that I think for a lot of guys, um, you know, Bubbles is another good example. And you who have come in young, have kids, continue to, to have a good output. And it really still provide provide things for guys in the group. Um, but I do try and remind myself that a lot of times guys find this group and they're later in life and they've got grown kids. Mm-hmm. So they're established in their careers and they've done other things. So they, they're they now kind of coming and realizing that this is a priority. And I'm hoping I'm getting there. Uh, I don't think I'm there yet. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was a, that was a long rant. But, yeah, uh, no, you're good. Less coherent. No, you're, you're spot on. You know, I, th- I think um, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, we talk about like acceleration and high being a high impact man. And I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure that those, those sort of words that we use, I, I don't think the, the, they're always displayed in like more, more workouts or more F3 attendance. Like F3 is a part of the big picture, but I don't think it's the, like, like a guy who's a high impact man doesn't mean he's working out six days a week, going to all the second F events and doing all the third F stuff like that. You know, we just, we're providing some of those outlets, but um, I, I do think what I, what, what's interesting to me. So um, just thinking of how SkyQ works, I'm always interested in this, but when you came into F3, right, you, you thought that was corny um, and maybe uh sky q was using that like exposure and getting you over that like you know corniness to prepare you for like viewing being a dad is corny sometimes right like some you know and i'm in the same boat like crawling around on the floor with your with your kid um it can be can feel really corny but maybe you needed f3 to help you get over that uh so you could be a better father i well i completely agree and and you know, I've made this comment recently that um, before I had a kid, which I wasn't completely sold on um, when we first <laughs> got married, uh, um, before we had a kid, I thought my role as a father, which in part is still true, um, is, you know, having an obligation to raise a good son, right? That is your duty as a dad. Mm. But I, I thought of it more as an obligation or a job or a duty and didn't realize how much I would love all the corny stuff. Like all the other stuff in between about being a dad, you know, being there for moments in his life, being just still. Um, like those moments of stillness where your full attention is on them and they're not doing anything. You're just you're just there in your presence. Um, I didn't think that I would enjoy those as much as I as as much as I do. Mm. Um, the last the last clip about kids um, that I'll share is that when I first started working here, my, my boss had just had his second kid. And he, I was like, man, I just don't know. I'm not there. I'm like, what's, what's even cool about like being a dad anyway? Like, what's, what's, what's the best part? He just said, all of it, man. All of it. Like, all of it, yeah. Until you have, yeah, until you have a kid, it, it may not make sense to you, but all of it. And I just think that statement is so true and so powerful. And I just feel so naive. Um, I guess my younger self was so naive to the, to the joys of, of, of being a father. 
Yeah. Man, yeah, it's so it's so cool just to hear um, hear the story and and you know I don't know that F three can take all or any of the credit for uh, just your you know you seem like like when we first started, man, you just you hadn't read free to lead, you just were really uh, just this young guy, and now there's so there's so much wisdom and uh, and growth and in, in uh, what you're saying. So I don't know, maybe it's F three, maybe it's SkyQ. Um, I am curious, just from a faith perspective, uh, how do you feel like your faith has has grown the last couple of years? Yeah, um, just to, let me circle back on that statement you just made. <laughs> any 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 wisdom that I have, or any appearance of any wisdom I have, I credit one hundred percent to the tax. So I think just hearing stories getting to engage other men who are going through similar struggles to help shape me be who I am today. So hopefully that person is an accelerated version of the guy that was 27 when he joined, right? Hopefully I'm better than I was. And any bit that I'm better from then to now is all accredited to every single person. Materials, hmm. um, the meetups, the people, all of that, not, nothing I did on my own. Sky Q. Um, my ego, my, my ego, my <laughs> ego totally was going to end your sentence for you with with any appearance <laughs> I can attribute to the plague. Uh, but that, but I'm glad that wasn't your answer because we all know that's not, that's not true. Uh, anyway, tell us about your faith. Uh, that's maybe where the well, I think that just you know, I think I could be said, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, anyway, we'll edit that uh, out. Yeah, faith, so yeah, <laughs> faith, um has grown exponentially. I think the concept of faith is so interesting because um, I consider myself a religious person or mm. a spiritual person. Um, and growing up, I would, my family was the very typical uh, Baptist uh, family, um, my mother's side for sure. You know, as, as I mentioned, my dad was too busy partying. I think it's, he's partly Methodist, so I think that has something to do with it. <laughs> um, no, so I grew up in a very traditional church um, and claimed I was a faithful person and a practicing Christian and all these things. And, um, you know, I really wasn't. I mm. I could, I was knowledgeable about the word and I could, I could go through the motions and, and make you think that I knew what I was talking about. And I, but I mean, was the real faith there and was the practice there? No. Mm. Um, and, you know, maybe it had something to do with not necessarily being thrusted in a position of leadership. Um, and what I mean by that is when you're young, you're no, you don't have anyone you're responsible for except for yourself. Um, and so you can kind of. Um, I don't know. I, there's an interesting concept Jordan Peterson uh, says in his book. It's people don't take care of themselves as well as they take care of others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why that psychologically is the case, but that was the case in my life spiritually. Um, I knew it was good for me, but I didn't really see much. Um, I think when I got married and was starting to lead a household, I started to realize that I had more of an obligation, and maybe it was this psychological aspect of wanting to take care of Paige. Um, and, and thankfully, 
I didn't just do it out of a sense of progressing her. I wanted to join her on that journey because I do very much believe that Paige looks to me um, to be a leader. Mm-hmm. I mean, my wife expects that of me. And there was a great saying that the pastor that married us said, it's like, your wife is a mirror of who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and going into marriage, we weren't, you know, a part of a community. We weren't practicing. We weren't, um, you know, she, I hate to say this, she was a better practicing Christian before we got together than after we got together, which is a, a terrible, terrible burden and, and feeling to have. And so I took some responsibility to better myself, um, and and I did it for for her and for me. And and then you add a kid to the mix, and um, there's another person you're responsible for. And that's what I was saying. We're kind of in a stage of what do we do and how do we parent? And I think the, the safest way, <laughs> the safest way to parent, at least for me, is to follow the word. Mm-hmm. Um, follow something that I know is true, um, that is unwavering, right? Like something that I like to equate, you know, my religion to math, where math is so certain and there's no, there's, although it's complex, right? You know that it's going to stay the same. And I think that, like, that stability is something that's so important for raising kids, for leading a family. Um, and so that's kind of what I look for. Um, it's definitely grown, and I think it has to do with the experiences in my life of starting to, to lead a family. And I think that's what it took. I think the guys along the way in the group, you know, kind of help nurture that and help me become who I am and, and help me tackle some problems, you know. You and I have had conversations about, oh, man, my wife is saying this stuff to me, and it, I feel bad, but it's like, what's the big deal? And you remind me, well, you know, God uses your wife, mm-hmm. right? Like, the things <laughs> the things she's saying are things that she sees in you and what God sees in you. And and, 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 and things like that have really stuck with me. So it's that's a good example. Um, but there's other guys out there that have, have done the same thing, right? Grills has said to you, like, I think you were complaining about something your wife said. And Grills have the tenacity to say, hey, man, would you say that if your wife was here? Like, right. is that something your wife would appreciate you saying about her? Yeah. And it's just, like, moments like that are, are what this group can provide. Yeah. And has helped shape me, shape people like you. Yeah. I love it, man. And and I think that's what's so important of like when guys are coming to the group and maybe early on, they feel like they have to present themselves in a certain way, but ultimately like be, be who you are, feel what you're feeling and, you know, rely on the group to correct, you know, like I, I think there's, you know, but if you just are kind of a fake version of yourself, um, then some of that iron sharpening iron, you know, that we talk about all the time that, that can't happen if you're, if you're not, you know, being authentic and having real feelings and thoughts and, um, you know, so yeah, I love that. And it's really encouraging just to hear, um, you know, Holy Spirit or Sky Q, whatever kind of tugging at your heart to say, Hey, I, I, I want you to lead your family in this space. Um, and, and then to see your response, I think it's really, really cool. Um, 
I know, you know, um, as we're thinking about other questions and just looking at the clock here, do you have an 11 o'clock? You got it. You got a few minutes. I've got a few more minutes. Yeah, I got some time. Okay. Curious where you want to go, leadership or legacy, um, or maybe, you know, advice, encouragement. Um. Yeah, I'll tackle all three as quickly as I can. So on the, sure. on the leadership piece, um, I, I, I want to talk about it in a, in a different way. Um, I want to highlight the importance of identifying leaders and promoting them and nurturing them because mm. i think that's one thing that i did uh, a disservice to my site for a period of time um, as a site q I, I i did it for possibly the wrong reasons um, i thought it was the cool next cool thing to do in f3 um, you know you've worked out you're accelerating fitness you're attending all the cafeterias and stuff like that and then you think there's this linear progression to be a site q um, where once you've made it, you've kind of made it. You're, you've got this, this title, um, much like I handled my professional career. It wasn't until Sparty came and um, he was at the, the woodshed and his COT, he made a comment about how important it is for this group. And he just reiterated our, our, our goal here, right? It's to promote more community leadership and you can't do that if you're not identifying guys and giving them opportunities to lead and kind of nurturing them um, and that weighed really heavy on my heart because i think initially i got i took offense to it in that and the reason i i took offense to that is because everyone had been joking that i was the longest side queue ever um and when and i i think what they were really trying to say is like hey man you're you're not giving people an opportunity to lead. You're you're doing one aspect of leadership, which is the least important role, which is making sure guys are there and you're there for the workout and you're posting the pre-bath and the backlash. You're doing all those things, but really the goal here is to find a successor. Mm -hmm. Trying to give opportunities for people to lead, and even if, you know. And so when he said that, I, it really clicked for me, and then I was able to you know identify some guys who who were ready and, and some who may have not been ready but yep. once thrust in that position really like rose to the occasion so that's just my my brief thoughts on leadership um i wanted to to make sure guys that are in that role don't make the same mistake that i did uh, uh in terms of of legacy i love that question and that you started to ask those guys that question you know i Oh man, I, I wish I could remember who said this, but one people that, that think that I was a, a good husband and a good dad. Mm. And that's changed. When I was twenty seven, I wanted people to think I was the man at my work and at my job and wanted people to think that I was impressive, I guess is the best way to say it. Mm. Uh, and I selfishly still kind of want some of those things and that's something that I battle. Um, but I, I really do want people to think of me as like one, a good, a good husband to my wife, um, a, a good father to my kid and, a, a just a good friend or like mm. someone you can rely on. Like I've been helped so many times throughout my three and a half, three, four years here that 
um, just from different guys providing their perspective that hopefully I'm able to provide something to the guys. Hopefully I'm a resource for some of the guys that maybe I don't know they need it and they need it and hopefully they can take something from it. Mm. Um, words of encouragement, I think, you know, as I said, what's weighing on my heart right now is how I'm going to be a father. You know, how, uh, you know, how do you, how do you make sure you're, you're raising a well-equipped young man to kind of navigate all the crazy things that are going on right now? Um, how do you make sure that he's respecting his mother, respecting your peers, has a strong foundation in, in his faith? Um, and, you know, I don't have the answers there. Mm. So I think there's there's some things that I can do, or um, you know, relying heavily on the word, relying on you guys out there um, in the gloom to provide me some some insight. But that's kind of where my heart my heart's at right now. Yeah, man. I uh, I don't know, man. I, this was this. I think this is a way better interview than your first time, I, and probably because of all the growth. Um, I, I would just say, you know, I, I was. I shared this with a few other guys the other day, but there's a, a book, the book study actually that the Thursday morning guys are doing is on a book called Resilient and uh, John Eldridge. Um, I was lis listening to him on uh, a podcast interview and he, he said he was talking to some college, you know, um, acceptance department or something. And they were saying that, that 18, like is the new 12 is the new 18, meaning a, a lot of kids now are just not equipped. They're not, exercising what he called their soul muscles so they're just not mature because technology and everything's automated so what i see and hear in your story is is you've actually spent a ton of time building your soul muscles and um and you've been really intentional about that and i think that's really cool and i would just i mean I certainly don't have many answers on being a father, but I definitely agree with your comment about the word, right? Being true. And um, I think you, you know, don't change a whole lot of your focus, right? As you develop your soul muscles and you pour that into to Lil John, uh, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's where um, you're going to see the the things continue to grow. And um, man, I just, I love your, your story and just your, um, I know you're you're for such a young guy uh you know i think you've got um you've at least got the the most important thing figured out right which is that you're not in control uh and that the the kind of the things of this world are not always worth the the chase right and um so i just admire that about you man and and i would say um, we've heard it feedback from this podcast that you you ask uh, better questions than I do, which I'm a little bitter about, but I'm working on getting over it. But I, but I will say, as your friend, you've always asked really good questions, and I would lean into that strength um, just in self reflection too, because I think you you're the type of guy that you will give your opinion, but you're also like really interested in just hearing how other people are are living and interpreting. So. Um, yeah, just really appreciate you and I, and love you and I, I uh, I'm bummed I missed your cue yesterday, but hopefully I'll I'll be there for maybe I don't know you, what, next time you're posting like in June or something or what? I'm kidding. Uh, actually, that is the the actual next time I'll be on the queue. So far, I, I need to <laughs> up another another, <laughs> but that really is. I think I'm I'm queuing sometime in June for uh, Tinder Club. So it's yeah, let me say that. 
you, thank you for the opportunity to kind of share my story again. I, my hope, well, I guess I'm encouraged that that you've seen some growth. I, again, my hope for this podcast, for what you and I do, for when I go post in the group, is that someone can take something from what we're doing, what I'm saying, my actions, whatever, can just help someone along the way. Um, and I want to do better about making myself accessible to guys. It's I don't have many answers, but I'm, I'm happy to share and I'm happy to, to attempt to be more vulnerable even with, with the new guys. Um, and that's something, probably a call to action that I could do better. Um, mm. And maybe a call to action for other guys too. Even the new guys, when they're coming in, I, I can be standoffish and not be the most open person and be better there. Because it's ultimately what I want. I want, I want guys to take something, say, hey, he, he helped me. Yeah. Love it, man. Uh, anything else on your mind that maybe we didn't cover? Uh, no, I, uh, you know, I, no, I, I think, mm, okay. One, one thing, <laughs> one last, <laughs> yeah. one last parting thing, um, is, uh, um, Trying to think of the right way to say this. Over over the three and a half years I've I've been coming, F three has has changed so much in terms of growth, in terms of a reach, in terms of the type of people that are coming out, um, where the expansions are happening and stuff like that. What is encouraging to me is that we have not lost, you know, what I consider our, our core mission, right? They haven't lost that, and they haven't lost the authenticity that I think existed whenever we were a couple sites deep. So um, I encourage you to continue to bring new guys out. Um, I've learned a ton from it. You've learned a ton from it. It's still there, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. The spark is still there. It continues to be there. It's, it's evident in the growth, but um, you never know who needs it. So yeah. even though we're growing, and it may not be as shiny as it was, three years ago, two years ago. It's not about you, right? It's about the guy that needs it. Yeah. Um, so I would encourage, I would encourage everyone to kind of share um, the little bit of joy that you got out of here with someone else who may need it. Heck yeah. Yeah, keep giving it away. I love that message. All right, man, let's, sure. do, let's do a little name-a-rama here. Uh, Brandon Pliardi, 37, The Plague. The Plague. Um, I'm John Woodworth. I'm now 31. And my name is Pony Express. Pony Express, nay. I'm thinking with with all the growth, man. Is we like a you know because a pony is like a baby horse, right? So maybe we just change like horse horse express. I don't know. That doesn't have a good ring to it. Is it good? It'll be pony. I don't know. I, I did hear someone someone was called Stallion. They got the name Stallion from a little. Ooh, um, <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good name. Challenge that individual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, hey, great, great yeah, chat. Thank with you, you again, man. Yeah, have a great day. We'll talk to you All later. All right, love you, buddy. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.